Welcome to Epic Fails, Finding Redemption in Our Stories. I'm your host, Brittany Rust, and on this show, you'll hear people from all walks of life sharing powerful stories of redemption. My hope is that as you hear stories of redemption, you'll find redemption in your own. Today, instead of sharing a story, I want to talk through the journey to redemption. On this show, you get to hear these incredible stories of God restoring people and how they've messed up. But how do you get to the other side? What's the journey you can take to experience redemption as well? So if you've made an epic fail, lean in a little bit closer. It's time to take that journey. First and foremost, the first step in moving forward into redemption is to confess your sins to God and then forgive yourself. Before any healing can take place, admitting your wrongs and asking God to wipe the slate clean must happen. Furthermore, you must forgive yourself because sometimes we can be our own worst critic. I know I am. I'm incredibly tough on myself. But then I remind myself that God forgives me and so I must forgive myself. This is where redemption starts. One of my favorite stories of redemption in the Bible is that of Ruth. The book of Ruth opens up with the story of a family living in Bethlehem. The husband, named Elimelech, which means my God is king, is living in Bethlehem, which means house of bread, with his wife Naomi, which means pleasant, and two sons, Malon and Kilion. I just gave you a lot of word meanings, but I promise they are important to know. They are living in a town known as the house of bread, yet They lived there in a time of famine during the reign of the judges. The writer doesn't tell us much about the circumstances of the family, but we begin almost immediately with them traveling to the land of Moab. Now, for the record, God never told them to go to Moab. Elimelech did not trust God to provide for his family during the famine, so out of his own limited understanding, he uprooted his family and took them to a wicked nation. Good thing God uses our poor choices, though. While in Moab, both sons took a Moabite as their wife, and one of those women was named Ruth. Eventually, Naomi lost her husband and both of her sons and returned to Bethlehem with Ruth. Being a woman from Moab, which Ruth was, was frowned upon in Israel. Her people were not favorites of the nation, let's just say that. Not only was she an unfavored minority, but she was also a widow who had faced much loss. Tack on her fear of living in a new place, working the lowly position of gleaning in the fields of the poor, uncertain of her future, and most of all, lacking a relationship with God, and you have a woman in much need of redemption. But guess what? Her story didn't end there. God was working behind the scenes to weave a beautiful story of redemption together, a story that would include salvation, a marriage to a godly man, and a lineage leading to Christ. In order to get to redemption, God took Ruth on a journey of grace, restoration, healing, and purpose. So after confession, which we talked about a little bit in the beginning of this podcast, we see that the first step to redemption is grace. And that was extended to Ruth when God brought her out of Moab, out of her past and out of her loss. She didn't deserve it or what God was about to do, but we serve a God who loves us undeservingly. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. It's the unmerited favor of God. It's getting all the good things we've been given in life because we don't deserve any of it. If we are honest, we don't deserve healing or salvation or any good gift. But God loves us so much and is a good father who longs to give us good gifts to his children. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16 tells us of what great lengths God went for us. He sent his son to earth to die for us. 
What else won't he do for you? Wipe your past? He wants to. Isaiah 1.18 tells us that if your sins are blood red, they'll be white as snow. If they're red like crimson, they'll be like wool. Although your past and sins have covered you and made you feeling red and tainted, God's grace cleanses you so pure that it's as if your sins had never happened. In fact, God forgets it as if they never happened. He also wants to make you a new creation. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. 2 Corinthians 5.17 You are a new person, my friend. You are not the moral failure. You are not the lie, the rebellion, or the mistake you made. You are new, redeemed, restored, and clean. He did that with Ruth when he extended grace to her, and he wants to do the same for you today. Your past does not define you. Yes, it will shape you, determine some consequences, and potentially cause some future obstacles. I faced church correction and took a big step back as a result of my sin, but it was necessary and beneficial to moving forward. I want to make one thing clear today. In fact, if it's the one thing I can leave you with today, it's this. Your past will never trump God's vision of who you are or where you are going. And I'm going to say it again. Your past will never trump God's vision of who you are or where you are going. He will use all of it. In addition to receiving grace, Ruth experienced restoration. Have you ever heard of the phrase, leave it better than you found it? My parents still live in the three-story house I grew up in Missouri. It's an old house and hasn't been updated in a while. It still had those dark walls, floral wallpaper, and dated fixture reminiscent of the 60s. A few years back, my parents decided to spend a month in Florida over their anniversary. My three brothers and I decided it would be fun to do some updating on the main floor while they were gone. You know, some fresh paint on the walls, updated decor, and even a new toilet installed by yours truly. And boy, was that harder and a bit more gross than I ever thought possible. We wanted my parents to come home to a different house, a a better house. You see, over the years, my brothers and I had made a bit of a mess of the place. Through our mostly harmless fights, temper tantrums, and house play, we left some broken doors, shattered windows, and holes in the wall over the years. We wanted to make good on that destruction and wanted to leave the house better than we had left it before. Not sure if some fresh paint, updated decor, and new toilet did the trick, but I like to think it looks a little bit nicer. God is in the business of making us better through restoration. He might find you tattered and broken in the aftermath of your sin, but he won't leave you there. He will go to work and he will make you a new creation. He takes the broken and restores, the guilty and forgives, the ashamed and gives hope. He fills emptiness with purpose. That's what Jesus wants to do in your life. He takes a tattered and broken person and makes them better than ever before. When Jesus goes to work on us, we become unrecognizable to the people who knew us before. Whenever I share my story of how I used to be in bondage to anger, people who didn't know me then but now do can't believe I used to be a person filled with such rage. Every time I tell them, it's only because of God's handiwork and grace because that's the truth. That's the power of restoration. Furthermore, God's definition of restoration doesn't just mean putting us back together, but it means to go above and beyond and making us better than ever before. We're always in far better shape after Jesus has gone to work on us than before. It doesn't mean that we won't suffer or feel the growing pains because we will. 
1 Peter 5 shares that we will suffer a bit, but that God will restore us. That's not a maybe or if he feels like it. It's a promise that God will restore his people to a better place. With Ruth, she was no longer an outsider, alone and poor in Bethlehem. She had family and purpose beyond anything she could have hoped for. You might feel like your past has left you too broken to be of any use. You might feel so used and ashamed that God can never use someone like you. But these are lies the enemy wants us to believe to keep us down so that we won't fulfill God's purpose for our lives. Rebuke these thoughts and remind yourself of these scriptures we are learning about regarding our future. Ruth also experienced healing on her path to redemption. When God puts us back together, there's more than an external picture being put back together like a broken vase or the cleansing of red to white. God does an internal working in our heart and our soul and our mind that is a healing of sorts as well. An internal healing from the brokenness, guilt, sorrow, and pain we've experienced. He wants to reach down into the innermost parts of your soul where no one else can go to mend and fill with grace, to rid you of shame, guilt, sorrow, pain, insecurity, and far more. These are works only God can do. No human has the ability to fill your void and depths of the heart. I mentioned in my story of of an epic fail that um, when I hit rock bottom and I lived in a very dark place for many months, I tried the world's way of healing. In all honesty, I was trying to bypass the time proper healing required with a quick fix. I discovered quickly that there was no way healing was possible by the world's means. Instead, I found my path to healing in Jeremiah 30. Let's read two separate verses from this chapter to set the stage. Jeremiah 30, verse 12. For thus says the Lord, your hurt is incurable and your wound is grievous. We're going to jump over to Jeremiah 30, verse 17 now. For I will restore health to you and your wounds I will heal, declares the Lord. At first, these verses may seem to contradict themselves. Verse 12 claims that our hurts are incurable and our wounds are grievous, yet Four verses later, we read that health can be restored and wounds can be healed. How could pain and wounds be incurable in one breath and heal the next? The understanding lies in the context. Wounds cannot heal when that healing is sought in the world. It's impossible. But with God, any wound is available to healing. The difference lies at the source. I saw hope for what I thought was incurable at the time and placed my trust in the God who heals. Dealing with the pain and brokenness face-to-face wasn't easy. As I opened up the Word of God and began pouring over Scripture, I learned that it's not promised to be. Few things are more challenging than recovering from a broken heart, lost dream, or grievous situation. In the darkest storms, it seems the hope of healing is the only light that has the power to pierce through like a ray of sunshine parting the storm clouds. For the Christian, we know that the hope Christ provides is our only way of survival. The truth is, without God, complete healing just isn't possible. Only Christ and the Word of God has the ability to reach those broken and achy places within our souls. What path will you choose? Because what you choose to allow in and exert back out will determine the process and completion of your healing. Remember, there is no bypass to proper healing. Ruth's final stop on her journey to redemption was that of purpose. After the grace, restoration, and healing, God propels you into your purpose. It may be slow, but it's worth it. 
Ruth knew long-suffering and could have given up. She faced so many bumps in the road. Weathering those bumps and allowing God to take her on a journey to redemption resulted in being part of the lineage of Christ. She was not too far gone, and neither are you. Broken can be restored. Sorrow can turn into joy. Empty can be full. Worthless can be valued. And not good enough can be desired. Isaiah 61 3 paints a beautiful picture of redemption for us. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. There is nothing more valuable in this universe to God than you. God has a plan for you regardless of your past choices, upbringing, and culture. God sees his child when he looks at you and he sees value. And with value comes purpose. Your purpose and dreams matter to God. He has put something in you to be birthed, a seed of sorts, to be nurtured through your pain and long suffering and to be birthed at a very specific time. Have I made a good cause that redemption is possible for you? If there is still any doubt in your mind, remember what Jesus did for you. The Son of God didn't have to come to earth. He didn't have to wrap himself in flesh and live as a man for 33 years. And he certainly didn't have to die, but he did all of that. And you know why he did it? For you. Yes, you. He would have done it all just for you. Jesus paid the ultimate price when he sacrificed himself on the cross. He took all your sins upon himself and died the death of a sinner. Thank goodness he is who he says he is because he was able to conquer death, something only he could do. And with that victory, you are granted access to the Father when you make God your priority. Jesus paid the price for you. He extends his victory to you. And not just once at salvation, but every single day when you've messed up, no matter how big, know that there's a gift waiting to be received by you each and every day. Don't let it go. You can start a new path today, a path worthy of the calling placed on your life, filled with great purpose for the kingdom. Confess your sins, forgive yourself, and take the path of redemption to a life that glorifies God. Thank you for joining me today. If this podcast is something that is ministering to you or you think others might find interesting, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. A review helps this podcast grow, which helps to get the word out to people who might need to hear this story of redemption. Tune in again in two weeks for another powerful story of redemption. In the meantime, you can find more information about me, read weekly devotionals, and find out what I'm doing around the web at www.brittanyrust.com. I'll see you next time.